And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me tonight, I actually have Ray and Rong with me, and they're actually the director and also the producer of the film that Alex and I got a chance to review, and that film is called There You Are. And I just want to say, like I told you before we went live and everything, I was really moved by it. Alex was moved by this film and things like that. This film will actually it's actually relatable to be honest with you it's about a girl who's trying to deal with grief at the same time trying to be there for her father but also too trying to be the strong one for her father as well and that was just something that was very relatable this actually feels like a pixar film for pro before they would actually get started with the actual film this feels like a pixar film in a sense but my question is this alex and i were both wondering was this like stop animation was this 3D animation? What kind of animation process did you guys use for this? Because this is very unique in its own way. It's like you use different blends of different animation. Okay, uh, let me answer this. Uh, actually, okay. it's all 3D animation. It looks like a stop motion because the way actually got the inspiration from a lot of uh, stop motion films like Caroline and uh, what else? Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, The uh, Missing Link. Um, I like uh, the Leica studio, actually, it, it, it's one of my favorite studios. So when I um, did the 3D process, I took a reference from their films. And uh, when I did the shading and the texturing, I deliberately mimic the style. So it might look like a stop motion. And uh, as you remember, uh, there is a paper cut um, style in the middle right. of the uh, yeah, films. Actually, it's all 3D, <laughs> but oh, I tried wow. to make it look like a, a, a cutout animation. So, oh, uh, as a, uh, actually for, for that part, I took a reference from one of my favorite directors, uh, Jamie Callery. Mm -hmm. He did uh, a lot of successful commercials, and uh, I re I'm a huge fan of his short, of his work. So, that's yeah, great. I, yeah, the whole film is all 3D. <laughs> And you see, I could tell with the paper cut animation, though, style, because here's the thing. My, one of my favorite um, songwriters and also bands is called Blue October. And they actually use that kind of thing. And it's called Into the Ocean. And they actually used that kind of animation to tell the story that they wanted to tell. So I was actually thinking, okay, is this part of the... 3D animation and paper animation, what kind was it? It was like you used all the blends together and it just worked out perfectly well. It was perfectly well balanced on how you used the colors. The color scheme was just awesome, to be honest with you. And you. Ooh, you're very welcome. And I have a quick question. Who played the, those two characters? Uh, actually, actually got some help from, because we are all like a USC students. So this is our thesis project. So for, especially for race thesis. So we actually got some help from the USC drama school. So those casts are from amazing USC drama school. So they helped us to work on this film. Really appreciate that. Yes, That's they are awesome. very talented voice actors. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about yourselves. How long have you guys been doing this? Is this something that you've always wanted to do? Is this your first project? Tell me a little bit about uh, how you guys got started into doing this. Uh, actually, uh, we started to make There You Are. Uh, we have the rough idea in 2019, but we changed it a lot because at the very beginning, we have a totally different idea of it. 
but we knew we wanted to, to create a story about unresolved grief. That the the first version is a more about a poetic film, <laughs> so it's more abstract. So we thought uh, there might be five uh, environments. So we try to use maybe five abstract environments to describe the uh, process of grief, like from the depre uh, anger, depression, and uh, to uh, denial and uh, acceptance. Yeah. But when I pitched my first idea to my classmates and the professors, they feel like um, it's hard to understand. <laughs> so I feel like there was no story at all. It's too abstract. Yeah. And uh, so from from 2020 in spring, uh, we decided to change our idea to a more a narrative story. So from that moment, uh, we started to dig deeper into the research. We did a lot of kind of paper research and uh, watching some movies about grave and some books. And Ron did a lot of research. We can talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so actually, uh, yeah, because first we want to make it abstract because we want to for a second. I no, do apologize. So, so no, go on ahead and tell me the rest of your story. I am so sorry about that. No problem. Um, no problem. <laughs> Where should we start? <laughs> okay. So anyways, let's go back into it for a second. So basically you were saying your professors and everything thought it was a little bit more complex than what it actually is and things like that. And therefore they didn't know which way you guys were going to go with it. And then uh, what wrong, wrong, tell me a little bit more about yourself and things like that on how you guys got involved. Yeah, yeah. So uh, actually at that time, I also have a story to, I also have the, um, the, the project for a grief story. So we kind of work together with that. So firstly for the abstract, okay, we feel it's not good. Right. And then we sit down and think, oh, okay, we need a narrative story. Right. So what do we do next? So, so there should be characters, right? Characters in the environments to do something that could craft a story. So we did lots of research because we, even though we experienced uh, our loved one passed away, but we don't in a situation of the girl. So we did tons of research in a paper between the paper in the papers and uh, films, TV shows, and uh, documentary, even music. So we just uh, <laughs> try to put our self into that shoes. You know, it's like uh, we want to feel what it's really feeling and what's the family dynamic around there. What would happen right. to this character? What would she thoughts? What's 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 going on? You know, so it's like uh, tons of research is doing there before we actually sit down this story. Okay. And you know what, the, that's something that I really find unique is, you know, at first it's not working out well. You have to do a lot more research than what you thought. And then you develop this artwork. This artwork is just phenomenal when you look at it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I like the, like I said, I like the whole entire color scheme. And also too, it's very relatable because everybody goes through things in their own way. You have the father who's trying to move on from his uh, wife's death. And at the same time, you have the struggle with the other main character that's trying to be the strong one for that for her father. And my question is this, what did the mother actually die from? Because you didn't really describe on how she died, but I'm assuming cancer or something like that inside the hospital. But I liked how it goes from the hospital. And then after that, it goes from the hospital to her passing away. Now it's just the father and her 
and trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives now now that the mother's not the strong one to actually put the, stick this family together anymore. And that's something that I really feel like that people can relate to. And you guys did your research. You guys definitely did your research on how to actually target a certain thing theme for this film. And I, and I and get this, I, Ray, I actually commence you with using the animated style of Coraline because even my girlfriend said this. She said, this looks like a Coraline kind of animation kind of style. And I'm like, yeah, it actually does feel like a Coraline kind of style film. And I commend you on that, both of you guys, on what you guys did with it. So um, another thing, though, too, that I wanted to really dive into as well is this. Um, how long did it take you guys to make There You Are? Um, actually, the whole process is about a year uh, as I mentioned before, we started in 2020, um, and uh, on, in 2020, in summer, we did the storyboard, and then I turned the, when I was satisfied with storyboard, I turned the 2D storyboard uh, into 3D layout, and then we, um, actually, the story parts took us a lot of time to revise. There are so many iterations, because we need to uh, make sure the story is good enough, then we will move on to the visual design and uh, the 3D rendering and more technical stuff. So for, I think, um, yeah, the whole process is a year. We, we try to make it uh, on time because I have to deliver my thesis project in May. Oh, wow. Okay. So therefore, you're actually pressing for time when you guys were making this film, though, too. So that's that's another thing that's really impressive with this, to be honest with you. And yes, uh, my girlfriend, as a matter of fact, she commented in the live chat though too. She goes, yes, that's exactly what it reminded her of is Coraline. And she said, that's also awesome that you all had help from such talent. And, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing. You guys work well together and it's perfectly well balanced on how you guys work with together. Because I feel like if there was like any type of, not no chemistry with within the project itself it wouldn't be as beautiful as it is to be honest with you and you can tell the chemistry is there behind the scenes versus if it wasn't there at all and i gotta tell you this move if i if i was the oscars people picking this out i would definitely be picking this out to win to be honest with you for the animation style it's original it's got a meaning behind it it has a message behind it it's everything that you're hoping that it will be and people can relate to it. Like I said, and the research that you guys did was fantastic. I just want to point that out there. Thank you. And so much. You're very welcome because I'm, I'm being flat out honest with you. Like I was just flabbergasted at the fact this is six minutes long, but within the six minutes that we have, there's a lot of meat to actually digest. There's a lot of stuff that you can tell within a six minute film. And that's the beauty of making a short film is you can make it relatable. And of course, you know, it's actually hard to do a six minute film, but if you are able to slowly get the crowd in and to make it relatable, you have a story to tell. And that's exactly what you have. Yep. And how does uh, where you live influence and how and what you make is also another thing too I was wondering about. Um, okay, actually, uh, Ron and I all experienced uh, family members passed away in the past five years. Okay. And uh, in our traditional families, actually adults really avoid talking about grief. 
and uh, actually I I know they are, they did it um, out of some kind of sort of kindness, but I I feel like I missed a lot in my life. I don't understand why we couldn't teach young people to face it properly instead of skipping it. So that drives me to make the story about grief. Yeah, I can see that. To be honest with you, I mean, I lost family members in my past, even recently and stuff like that, too. It's a very sad process to actually go through. But like I said, I think people need to see this film to be able to get over a certain hump in their life to where they can actually grieve over somebody that they lost. And also, too, whatever crack foundation that they're going through, that they can actually see some light at the end of the tunnel as well. And I also said this during my review, I said this to Alex, I said, you know, the picture is a foreshadowing of the crack and the foundation of how the main character feels yeah. and everything. And this foundation is just broken. It has this nothingness because of the fact that there's a certain woman that, that glues this, these two characters together. And because they're not there, she's not there. It, it, they're lost. They're lost in their own way, and they're struggling in each in their own individuality and stuff mm -hmm. like that too. And everybody you, deals with grief in a different way. And mm -hmm. I like how at the end of this film, you know, she's actually okay with him dating Gina. Mm -hmm. And then of course, it goes into the fact that you know what, I'm gonna do my thing, Dad. You do your thing. I don't want to inter intervene with that. At first, I told Alex, I said, at first I thought that she was actually giving him a hard time again. But then Alex is like, no, 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 no. She, this is not the way I see it. And then I'll, I see it as her grieving in her own way of things getting better. So therefore, she's going to hang out with her friends. He's going to go on ahead and be with Gina. And they're going to do their own thing. And then once he explained that aspect to me, I was like, okay. And it changed my whole entire perspective of the transformation of that character within that six minutes of it, because it could actually feel like that because of the way that it's actually being presented. But once he actually explained it to me about how each person grieves in their own way and how that person breaks away from that one family member to be able to let him move on and have enough space, because I feel like if they went on ahead and went on that camping trip and everything, it would have added more friction and everything because of the fact that they still haven't really gotten over anything at all. So therefore, she's not depressed anymore. She gets to go with her friends. She gets to be with Gina, and they can actually do it like that. So I thought the ending was beautifully well crafted and written as well. Yeah, thank you. We designed it because we want to show the main characters change because uh, she must learn something and uh, change. As you as you mentioned at the very beginning, uh, she didn't hang out with her friends, but uh, uh, so the film started with a phone call with her friends. But uh, in the end, um, she changed her attitude. So she decided uh, to go out with friends. So that's her main change. You can tell that. Yeah, we want to show there's they have their own life, and also also to have their life together. So it's like they all grow up in that right. Way. And to me, I think that's the perfect way to go about it. Like I said before, I think if we wind it up letting her letting the main character go on that camping trip and everything you don't see the actual transformation but considering the fact that they're doing their own thing you see the transformation of that character and you know that they're actually going to be there for each other and therefore they're actually going to be like blue where they stick together now and 
she may not warm up to Gina right away, but it's going to take some time. But in the end, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I like that. That I like that um, indication of that. And you know, I have another thing too. What are some of y'all's favorite animated films when it comes down to this? What inspired you? To make uh, this too. <laughs> actually there are so many great animated films out there uh if i have to pick one or two i would say maybe the fantastic mr fox directed by lois anderson because i oh, do nice. love his unique style and uh, the visual design and um what else i also love hayao miyazaki the yeah the spirit away and another one called the house Moving Castle. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember that movie. That, yeah, that was a good animated movie. Yes, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it, it definitely is. The animation style, the color schemes, everything about it is just awesome to actually see that being played out. And I could tell a little bit into y'all's uh, film and everything that you used maybe a little bit of that inspiration for what you made and made it your own and everything. And I think it's well done on that aspect. Um, yeah. Actually, sorry. Actually, we really like uh, Wang Kaowei. So she took reference from the uh, In the Mood of Love. I don't know if you can feel the feeling in our film. It's like uh, the color or the the shot. It's like uh, it's really we have a reference from that movie. We took a lot oh, of nice. reference from live action films. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> all kinds of cinematography because I'm obsessed with the cinematographer's work. So, oh, oh nice. Uh, I, yes. Especially the Emily, the French movie. <laughs> yeah, the French movie, oh. that one. And also, uh, we, we don't make, we don't want it to make, make it very like uh, too serious, you know. So it's a serious topic. It's already a sad topic. We don't want it to make make it very sad. So we just twist it a bit to make the character feels more like uh, light and uh, normal. So to adjust uh, the feeling of the movie. Right. You want to have that balance to where it can balance yeah. off each other and everything to where, you know, it has an equal balance of it. And I think that you guys played the narrative off really good with it, to be honest with you. And, you know, I can definitely tell that your influences actually influenced this movie and everything, too. And, you know, I'm actually curious, too, like, tell me about a time when a project required you to make multiple edits. And everything too that's something that i was really curious about because i know with this kind of movie you guys actually had to do a lot of editing and some of it probably might not have made the cut and therefore it was on the editing floor so i'm actually curious about that too um there you are required a lot of edits actually <laughs> because yes we um we did uh you can't talk about because you gave me a lot of suggestions to revise it. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. Because, <laughs> um, let me think about it. So, uh, I think I think there's, uh, yeah, we, we think about a lot about the transition to the memory part. So how do we raise the conflict in that moment and give the reason for the girl to go back to her, her her memory. Why, what's the motivation for her to open the, the wardrobe? Even though we, we don't feel, even though I still feel not comfortable with that, with that but uh, but we, we have one now. So I think before we don't have a really fast running in that scene. So it's like, uh, 
when after a call, she go back and open the wardrobe. And then we feel uh, it's not convincing. Yes,、yeah, not convincing at all. And also, it feel very the the pace is very slow. Right. So we think, okay, what to make it better here? So we we end the running upon that to give the faster pace mood and raise the conflict a bit. Feel the you can you can feel the anger and the inside the girl the 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 uneasy feeling inside her. So and then she opened it. And maybe she wants to go back to find the peace, but actually she find another thing from that. Okay. To me, I think it actually works the way that you guys have it and everything because having the wardrobe open, it's like it doesn't really tell a lot.、Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, it's I understand that it's kind of like inviting you into her world in a sense through the through another lens of looking into to her life, but at the same time, it the way that you have it right now, it just seems like it's very. Uh, to be honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. I like how it's actually in it now compared to where it was, because it actually feels like you're already invited into her home without having to add in that wardrobe, and therefore you don't have to have that slower pace or anything like that. Because you want to tell within a six-minute film, and then to add in an extra ten minutes or whatever, it could feel kind of lengthy. So I can understand why you would want to re-edit that and everything and com- compress it down to where it could actually have an easy flow to it. Because this is only a six-minute film. This is not like a、uh, movie by James Wan or anything like that, where you want to have that slow pacing and everything. So, th- so it's actually perfect for what you want to tell. And I just want to point that out there.、Uh, my girlfriend Brandy has a question. Do you、uh, do you guys like Studio Ghibli movies? Oh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like the Spirit Away. Yeah, Spirit Away and、uh, My Neighborhood uh, Totoro. 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 Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we really like Spirit Away. Yes, Ghibli. They also created a three D movie this year, but、uh, we haven't got chance to watch it right now. But it's just a, a, a good news because they try to explore something new. Because we're all known Ghibli is known for their two D. Hand-drawn animation style, but this year they create, they try to explore something new. It's very refreshing. So maybe we will watch that soon. <laughs> and you know, speaking of animation styles and stylistics and stuff like that, how do you guys feel like that it will actually animation will actually change within the next five to ten years? Do you think that we'll use different types of animation? Do you think that there's going to be a new groundbreaking thing that nobody's ever thought about before, or anything like that? Because I remember when Toy Story first broke out, and nobody's like, everybody's just amazed at Pixar's very first film that they ever made, and seeing the animation style because nobody has ever done it before. But do you see maybe a new movement coming into、uh, animation? Well,、uh, for us, I think it's hard to predict because none of us are. Technical people, so, but、uh, as I see in recent years, you can tell Netflix they did a lot of、uh, new animated shorts and films like Love Death Robot, right? And the their feature film Claws, their style is pretty new. So I guess maybe、um, they are exploring some new style. And also for us, we are going. Our goal is also to exploring、uh, or. Creating a unique style, so you can see for now, audience, uh, audience, uh, they are accepting all this new style. So we are not limited to one or two traditional 
you know, big studio style, right? And maybe uh, you mentioned about VR, right? Yeah, I was thinking about it because I think the storytelling and the story itself is already developed in a very advanced stage right now. Um, so I think it might rely on the technical revolution. So I was thinking about visual production and also the visual experience about the new animation. So it's like uh, you having VR or maybe some VR filter. Mm. Maybe you can sit with each other or maybe you are alone. That's other work. So I think, so you may watch the 360 degree video, right? So to experience or live with the character. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, it might, yeah, it might be more different <laughs> for, from, from like, uh, yeah, toy. toy yeah, we are few might be a future, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I can see VR being the, like the new technical aspect of it, especially when you look at some of the other stuff that they that we have out. As a matter of fact, I know a friend of mine that's in the visual effects in Sony. They made an independent uh, film during quarantine, mm. and you know I can definitely tell VR might actually be the new way of storytelling if you think about yeah. it, because no one actually would think about doing that. Then again, people are like, well, I don't know if I want to wear a uh, headset for two and a half hours. Well, my thought process <laughs> is this though too. You're putting glasses over glasses if you're wear if you're doing a 3D movie. So what's the yeah. point? What you know? So therefore, you're actually kind of contradicting yourself if you wear glasses and you're singing a 3D film. So you might as well go on ahead and watch a film that's in VR. <laughs> you know, and especially with Oculus, Oculus is probably one of the best VR systems that they you mm -hmm. have out there right now. Mm -hmm. And I could just see the animation styles with with Oculus and the stuff that they can do with Oculus and everything. And I definitely do agree. 3D animation for VR is probably going to be the newest hot model coming out, even though no one's really adapting it right now. I could yeah. see it probably being the next model. And I wouldn't be surprised if movie theaters don't start putting in VR headsets for people to watch <laughs> VR stuff, things in VR, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, if Dodono is leaving me there so I can touch him, I will feel <laughs> very cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, this is what Brandy said, though, too. My neighbor, Torto, Torto, I think that's actually how you say it. That was yeah. one of her one of her favorite animated uh, films. And then uh, Pon Poneo, I think that's how you say it, was the, one of the cutest and best stories in animation. And then the underwater scenes were awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them exactly. too. <laughs> the character <laughs> design is so cute. And you know, if you could actually tell someone uh, and give them some advice on what to do when it comes down to animation, like for instance, when what advice can you give people at home watching or listening to our show when it comes down to doing animation and making film? Um. Uh, for me, I think um, building a really a good team is the most important thing because it's never easy to find a reliable and talented people to join your team. And doing animation film is very time consuming. And sometimes it requires you have patience <laughs> and passion. Uh, as I remember, I asked my animators and composer and sound designer to revise many times. <laughs> so, And I feel like they are very professional and I'm so lucky I, I could have a lot of iterations which would make my film better. And uh, 
what else? Maybe another advice is to making a very reasonable production schedule and make sure you stick to the schedule um, because we want to make it delivery on time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because time schedules and everything, even with doing a podcast and stuff like that, can be very time consuming. And also, too, you want to be able to have everything in a perfect and organized way. Otherwise, it's just going to become, become like over, not over saturated, but just like it feels like overworked because of the fact that you didn't schedule certain things and stuff like that at the way that you should have uh, done it with time management and things like that. So I can definitely say that doing time management and learning how to schedule certain events would actually help you and benefit you in the long run, you know? Yeah. And um, I, and another thing though, too, this is actually just a little fun question that I just yeah. want to ask you guys, because here's the thing, I like to have a little bit of fun here. And that is, if you could pick any animal, what would you your spirit animal be? <laughs> actually today, we just did a test online about the spiritual animal, and my test result is Ranku. I don't, I don't know why. I thought is it because of my black eye bags, <laughs> like <laughs> Ranku? But it turns out, oh, Ranku is smart and confident, and uh, what else? Uh, curious. So okay, I accept that. <laughs> yeah, before she thought she might be ego or something. Oh, more cooler. cooler. <laughs> you know, like that also, oh, <laughs> But what about for you, Ron? I'm just kind of interested in um, what your spirit animal would be. Yeah, my 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 test my test result is the wolf. Yeah, which wolf. is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, wolves are always cool, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So it's more like a, a, a free, more like connect with freedom and the intelligence. So yeah, I really like it. That's great. And my other thing is though too, when you look at directors in this world that we that we actually watch movies in and stuff like that, what are some of your favorite directors? They don't have to be animated directors or anything like that. It could be just directors in general. Um, what you guys like? Ron really like Billy Wilder, and uh, I also oh, yeah. like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more old school. <laughs> Sorry, Apartment <laughs> is one of our favorite films. Yeah, oh, nice. I, I'm a big fan of Billy Wilder because I think. So you know, in that back in that age, we don't have so much techniques on films, but uh, his story is like uh, amazing. So it's, but well, I like uh, the apartment because it's a daily story. You know, it's like a uh, people. The, the main character is people who may women know. You know, women women know. Who, a company stuff. Just yeah, so he's a company stuff, and uh, so Billy used his really awesome storytelling methods to drive in this story from. the from, from beginning to end. So I think that's that's why I, I love it. Okay. Yes, we all love movies with good storytelling, even though we are not professional writers, but we try to took a reference from their films, how they do the storytelling and editing. I'll, I'll tell you what, you may think that you're not professional storytellers or anything like that, but the fact that you were able to make something that's relatable <laughs> makes you, to me, in my eyes, a professional. Because of the fact that if you can move somebody, if you can make a six-minute movie to where you can feel some emotion, some depth into the characters, if you feel like it's in the characterization and things like that, that's the main points. Because if you don't have those, then you don't have a good story going. And if people are over there just looking at their watch, 
you don't have a good story because that's not a good sign <laughs> and everything because that's the sign yeah. that they're bored. But to me, you guys are on the professional marker because of the fact that you knew what you were doing. It's power driven. You have characters that are relay relatable. As character, the characterization within the first six minutes is perfect. This movie is perfectly well executed in so many aspects of it. I cannot stop bragging about it or talking about it because that's how great of a job that you guys did. And like I said, you guys have an act for this. I can see you guys in another couple of years and come back to the Holly Shorts Film Festivals and coming back out with something else. And is there any other genres that you would like to actually work on? I mean, is, is animation your biggest thing that you love? Or is there other projects outside of animation that you would like to go further on? Actually, uh, <laughs> we also created a, a video game based on the same story. The video game is also called There You Are. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Experience. Yeah. So, okay, my question is this. When it comes down to the video game aspect of it, is it like a telltale game where basically you're making choices for that character? Or is it based off of, you know, the, uh, the plot is basically trying to help somebody in the game with depression and stuff like that. What, what, how is, how is the video game different from what the anime, um, that you made? Yeah. So for the video game, we actually, it's more like, you can think it's like uh, life is strange. It's that side. So you actually act as a main character suit and, uh, you can just stick it around her room and uh, talk to her father and you made choices with her father too. So, and also you need to do some interactivities to with the room and with yourself, with your inner emotional world. So it's more detailed, I can see. So, but it's really different storytelling ways to- um, I like that. Animation and, this, and the games. Yes, you make choices and then your choices will result in two different endings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, I like that aspect because Here's the thing. You can actually develop Sue the way that you want to develop her versus how yes. you perceived her on screen. And then also, too, you have the back and forth with the father on the choices that you make. The father remembers what the, what you make, uh, the choices that you make, and then his dialogue reflects off of that. So, therefore, you're teaching consequences with action and everything, and you're developing a character that's based off of the viewer's choice. I think that's actually a smart way to go about it. And who's who knows that you might actually affect, though, later on, though, too. This The person that might be playing the game might be going through depression, might be going through some dark times in their lives, and this game could actually help them. While they're helping Sue, they're helping themselves, though, too. So I can yeah. see it going on both ends where this game could actually be something bigger than what it is outside of the animated video that you guys have as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We also got uh, some comments from our player. They said, yeah, for for she to move on, I, I'm i more like she's holding on, you know? So you can see <laughs> the different perspective from the player. That's really good. I like that. That's, that's pretty sweet, to be honest with you, to be able to play a game like that. That's actually a smart marketing tool and everything too. Now is this game on? Uh, what, where can you actually find the game on? I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, it, it's it's right now on HIO. It's a release candidate, so we haven't make it into go. Okay. So we want to have a small group of tested around to see how the market or how everybody react with this story. Yeah. First. Yeah. yeah. But so far, we got many good response. <laughs> yeah. 
that that's great though. I'm 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 just thrilled for you guys. I know this might be a little bit of a shorter episode and stuff like that when I normally do, but I love the passion that, that both of y'all have and the chemistry that both of y'all share with your storytelling. And this movie is very intriguing as well. And you know, there's a lot of people that lost people during COVID during this year that could actually relate to this and maybe they could actually feel better with them. I mean, for a little while, they could feel better and everything. And maybe they might see counseling. Maybe they might want to move figure out ways to move on from whatever that's actually hurting them. And that's the beautiful thing about there you are, because there's so many doors that you can actually open with this. And I believe in your film so much that, you know, I brag about about it to an independent director that I'm friends with and stuff like that, just explaining the plot details, going into the dynamic of everything. And he's like, wow, I wish I could actually see it. I said, hopefully it'll actually make us run sometime where people can watch it and everything. But you have to check this out because it's a beautiful, well-written film, perfectly well-balanced, perfectly well-executed. The characterization's there. It's very depth. It's deep. And it's deeper on a deeper level than anything that I've seen. Even though I like Coco with Pixar and stuff like that and how that moved me and things like that, this film within six minutes knows what it is. It doesn't have a misidentification of what the film is or anything like that. Because some films I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I don't think that they know the self-identification of the film. But with this, I actually know the self-identification of it. And... It's a six-minute film. You're in, you're out, but you also feel a lot of emotion. So I just want to say congratulations on your film and your success on this because you guys should both be proud of yourselves for what you've made here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome because I'm, I'm being serious. Like, you know, there's a lot of films that move me, but there's not films out there that makes me just – you know, just make me pour out crying and makes me want to just hug someone that's going through something like that. And that's what your film is. It's about healing, self-healing. It's about trying to be there for somebody else and putting your difference is aside for somebody else that's grieving. So, you know, I have to say congratulations to the both of you guys. And, you know, where can everybody follow you if they want to follow you and all that other good stuff? Uh, actually, we have a small studio called Funky Dango. <laughs> <laughs> the name is a little stupid. <laughs> hey. Dangos. So it's called Funky Dango. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. cool, though. I mean, it's unique. You know, it's original. Nobody would actually think of that, you know. So uh, is there anywhere else that people can follow you at? Or is that, or is that the only studio? Yeah, we also have the uh, There You Are Animation Inns. So search any There You Are Animation, could find our mm -hmm. Inns. And also, I think Twitter is the same name. Yeah. We have the same name, not on Twitter, too. Okay. Uh, yeah, those two where you guys can follow us. We also have Funky Dango. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, and do me a favor, guys. <laughs> After this is over with, uh, email me all that information okay, so I can course, put that in the description so people can follow you. Because they'll, and I'll put that in the descriptions later on while I'm editing everything. So, well, uh, so the way I can help you guys out with getting some followers and things like that for this, you're very welcome. 
So, guys, that's going to be it for our show for tonight. I just want to thank Ray and Wong for being on here, taking their time out of their day or night to be able to do this interview. I'm sorry for the technical problems earlier. I do apologize for that. But no, no, no <laughs> thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you for interviewing us. Thank you so much, John. You're very welcome. Both of you are very welcome. And of course, guys, if you guys want to go on and follow me underneath Movie Lovers and TV Lovers Unite on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Those are all the places that you can find me there. If you want to watch me embarrass myself, all you have to do is go to TikTok at Movie Lovers Unite 001. That's how you can actually watch some PR videos of me and stuff like that of doing different uh, different things. Of course, guys, we're actually doing a little charity event for the people that uh, for Hurricane Ida in Louisiana. Of course, you guys can go ahead and purchase a Sensi and all the proceeds go over to the Red Cross and that's how you can donate over there. But of course, if you guys want to donate to us, how do you do that? You just go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast and that's how you can donate $5 over here. But a simple like, a simple share goes a long way. So smash that subscribe button, smash that like button. And also, too, smash that little bell at the bottom right-hand corner to let everybody know what we're doing here at Movie Lovers Unite. Because everybody's like, well, you know, we haven't gotten anything from Movie Lovers Unite in a while. Well, you guys need to go on ahead and smash that bell so that way you guys can get notified on whenever I'm going live. Another thing, too, is go on ahead and go over to Twitter and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit over there. Of course, you guys can go on ahead ahead and get an audio only podcast episode of our show where you guys get your podcast from but go to good pods good pods is a great place if you want to rate us want to interact with us tell us what you liked about our show tell us what you didn't like about our show so that way we can actually do a better job for you and then of course if you want a sponsor and would like to be on our show just go ahead email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com and that's everywhere you guys can reach me at thank you ray thank you wrong for it taking the time out once again and always until next time guys it's been real it's been fun i can't wait to do this again and Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.